Welcome to Jewish Audio Theater. I'm your host, Heshi Rizel. Today's presentation is based on the story, The Tsar and the Soldier, which first appeared in the magazine Talks and Tales. It is about the sad and terrifying saga of the Jewish Cantonist soldiers. These were young Jewish children as young as eight were kidnapped and forcibly conscripted into the Russian army for 25 years. Most never saw their families again. The goal of Nicholas I was to have all the children baptized through torture and starvation to crush and obliterate the Jewish religion. But Baruch Hashem, we are still making noise at the Megillah reading over our evil enemies and their regimes who have all disappeared. The Russian soldiers were animated at telling jokes, playing chess, and drinking at their favorite saloon. A middle-aged man in uniform approached them and asked, Can I join you gentlemen for a drink? Sure, my druk. Only, uh, we only accept soldiers here. But I am not familiar with you. I have not seen you on the base. Ah... I am with the Army Engineer Corps. You won't see me on the base. Oh, an engineer. Very smart. Then for sure, please join us. Take a seat. Suddenly, as the stranger sat, he froze, keeping a nervous smile. He thought to himself, My ring, my ring. I hope they did not notice it. It would give me away. The stranger quickly put his hands under the table, removed his ring, and put it in his jacket pocket. And uh, your name, my good man? You may call me Paul. Fine. My name is Dimitri. Do you play chess? I hope the answer is yes. It just so happens that I am an expert in chess. I don't think you would like to play with me. Oh, really? Well, my good man, let's play some chess. They continued to drink, laugh, and play chess. The other soldiers watched until one by one they bid good night to their friends. Only Dimitri and the village guest Paul remained to play chess and share a bottle of vodka. Paul thought, I like this person, I like this man. Funny, great storyteller, and very, very clever. I learned chess from the best, and he is very, very challenging. Checkmate, my engineer friend. We are now even. You win one game, I win one game. Now you owe me a drink. Aye, but I'm sorry, I am tapped out. Maybe we call it a good night. Nonsense, the night is still young. We each won one game. Let's play one more to decide on the winner. And guess what? I'm checking my pockets, and I too have no more money for more drinks. Well, my friend, then I guess after all it is good night. Until next time, my hero friend. Ha 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 ha. I suspect you are getting a chill down your spine, my engineer friend, to play again. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, come to your senses. It's late. And 
Dimitri got up, he walked over to the counter. Johan! Johan! Hey! Come here! We need one more drink for one last game. I have no more money. Come on, you can trust me. Sorry, Dimitri. The owner is very strict. I can trust you. But many don't come back to pay their bill. Owners say don't lend money to nobody, no free drinks. I cannot give you a drink, Dimitri, sorry. I must play another game. I have to play another game. I got it. Dimitri pulls out his army military sword and declares, Johan, you will hold my army military sword until I return tomorrow night with the money. But you, you know this is a major violation of Russian army rules. A soldier must always be with sword, never to let it go unless killed in battle. I can't let you do this. You can get into big nonsense. I'm willing to take the chance. Why, Paul, are you afraid that you will lose? No, preposterous. Well then, Johan, what do you say? You you keep my sword until I bring the money. You know I have to return with the money to get my sword back. All right, take a big chance. <laughs> Taking big chance, you crazy. Everybody knows you're crazy. But that is why everyone likes you. All right, more drinks for you. As they were playing their third game of chess, Paul thought to himself, I very much like Dimitri. Very smart, trustworthy, and everyone likes him. But how dare he give up his military sword? A great insult and violation of army honor and regulations. The game continued to a draw. No one won. They shook hands, stumbled out of the saloon that was closing for the night, bid a final farewell to each other, and went on their way. As Dimitri walked, he thought, nice guy, but how he was cleaning spills and crumbs and constantly checking and straightening his uniform. I would hate very much to be in the same barracks with him. Would make us all crazy. As Paul stumbled down the cold, dark street, I will teach that smart Alec Dimitri a lesson. He will have to be punished for this great insult and violation of giving away his military sword. Paul turned the corner where he waited until a very royal carriage pulled by beautiful white horses stopped in front of him. Paul climbed into the carriage, sat inside next to a man in military uniform. Your Highness, I hope everything went well. Yes, and no, Alexander. You know your Zarina is not happy and very concerned for your safety. I am Tsar Nicholas. I am the most powerful man of the greatest country. I must know what people are thinking of me, what my soldiers are really thinking about me and the country. You remember the revolt against me, General? From the beginning of my reign... You set up the secret police to prevent this from happening again. I must do this, and I can only do this in disguise. I need to know who my enemies are. Uh, at, at least let me 
have some men follow you around. No. And after you drop me off at the palace, send one of your soldiers to the army base with an official directive that I will sign. The Tsar is planning a surprise visit at 4 a.m. But do not deliver the directive until, uh, let's say, 3 a.m. <laughs> I would like to see the expression on that soldier when he realizes he doesn't have a sword for my inspection. He would be severely disciplined. Too bad. Too bad. I actually like that guy. The dark, sleepy military base was suddenly lit up loud as frantic soldiers were racing around the barracks. Sleeping soldiers were thrown out of bed by their superiors. What? What? Are we being attacked or something? Worse, we have a surprise visit from the Tsar. He tolerates nothing and is limitless with his cruel punishments. Get up quickly. We have only 45... The soldiers were desperately cleaning up their barracks while getting dressed, literally falling over each other. Hey, these pants are too loose. What's going... I'm wearing your pants and you're wearing mine. Switch quickly! We have hardly any time. My my, my button is falling off. (laughs) Need sewing. Meanwhile, Dimitri was tightening his belt. He was calm, always prepared. His bed was perfect. His shoes were shining. He smiled. I'm all set. Suddenly, he fell weak and quickly sat on his bed to settle his suddenly very shaky legs. He thought... I left my sword at the saloon. What do I do? No one knows except for that nutnik perfectionist engineer. I I, I have to think. What shall I do? I own 25 minutes. Dimitri ran outside to the back of the barracks, which bordered the forest. He found a good piece of two-by-four. He took out his knife and began to expertly whittle away at the piece of wood. He measured and cut and then finally looked at his finished product. He thought... It sure looked like the same dimensions of the sword. The length and the point looks pretty good. It will have to do. By this time, the bugle sounded and everyone had to line up for the official presentation for the Tsar. The carriage rolled in at exactly 4 a.m. The Tsar came out of the carriage with a mission. He knew why he was there and he was very eager to teach the soldier a lesson. The soldiers were standing perfectly aligned in formation. The Tsar quickly walked past the soldiers whose eyes were all fixed with blank stares, while nervously thinking what would happen if the Tsar noticed that he wasn't wearing socks or that another soldier had creased pants. Aha! I see, Dimitri. I do have to say his uniform is crisp and outstanding. He makes an excellent presentation. Never mind. I will teach him a lesson. The Tsar stopped and stood in front of the soldier standing right next to Dimitri. You are a disgrace! You are Russian soldier! You represent the best of our nation! How dare you present yourself like this in front of the Tsar? A disgrace! The Tsar then took a sidestep and was now face to face with Dmitri. 
Dimitri was shocked. Oh my, it's the Tsar, the Nudnik engineer from last night? Dimitri was scared but gave a slight smile. Maybe the Tsar remembered. He smiles at me as if he expects a secret recognition from me from our late night meeting. Well, he will soon know that this is not a friendly visit. Soldier, what's your name? Dimitri. Soldier, you present yourself as an excellent model of a Russian soldier. I order you to take out your sword and cut off the head of this miserable, disgraceful soldier. Dimitri now knew that the Tsar's surprise visit was all his fault. The Tsar knew he had no sword. Dimitri thought to himself, The Nudnik kept reminding me last night it was against orders to give up your sword. He now wants to publicly embarrass me and then probably a severe punishment will follow. Calm down, Dimitri. You can do this, think. Dimitri and the Tsar locked eyes at each other. Yes, your Imperial Majesty, I shall be honored. Dimitri took one step forward and then made a crisp, sharp maneuver with his legs to face the sorrowful soldier. And then Dimitri cried out so that everyone could hear, As I am about to take out my sword, I call on the Lord that if Peter here is deserving of a miracle for mercy, may the Lord turn my trusted military sword into wood. And with that, Dimitri pulled out his wooden sword. He acted completely shocked as a loud gasp broke out into the silent early morning. Soldiers left their perfect formation to gaze at the miracle wooden sword. The Tsar pulled out his gun and fired into the air. I will put all of you into the front lines of the next combat. Get back into formation. The Tsar was dazed. He too was shocked. All he could now think was, Brilliant move. Brilliant, quick-thinking soldier. He could no longer be angry at Dimitri. He almost wanted to laugh. He approached Dimitri and whispered, Well played, soldier. I guess you can call this checkmate. Dimitri replied, You now owe me a drink. The Tsar was startled. No one talked to him that way. But it was bold, and for a slight moment, the Tsar felt like one of the men. A good feeling, as in the late-night encounter in the saloon. The Tsar turned and walked away to inspect the rest of the soldiers and the barracks. Two hours later, Dmitri received a message from the sergeant. The Tsar himself wants to see you. Dmitri, you performed a great miracle today. You saved poor Peter. He is still shaking. Maybe the Tsar wants you to bless him. Dimitri walked into the commandant's office. The Tsar was sitting behind the desk. At ease. Sit down, soldier. I really enjoyed last night's company in the saloon, except for when you slighted the honor of the Russian army by leaving your sword at the saloon. My whole campaign to run my country is with a strong passion for honor of Russia and devotion to God, leaving the sword. But, 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 
I admit, I see that you are clever, calculating and disciplined. You did not become a mindless, nervous wreck like many of my generals. In your seemingly hopeless, inescapable predicament that I created. Very amusing, I must say. How you quickly thought of the wooden sword miracle. I need more leaders like you, Dimitri. What I am about to tell you, Dimitri, is top secret. I am trusting you, Dimitri. I am appointing you to one of my generals, Count Alexander Beckendorf. He is the head of my secret police. He will tell you more information as needed. I only assign people who I can trust. He will give you special police and military training. Good luck. I will have my eye on you, soldier. One day, we shall have another drink. But for now, you are dismissed. This secret department allowed the Tsar to have control over any written material to censor what was taught in the schools and religious beliefs. Dmitri proved himself to be a very valuable asset to the Tsar's secret third department, as it was called. He was very good at mingling with the crowd. He visited schools, conversed with people and soldiers, and always took very clear notes. Many months later, Dmitri received word to report to Count Beckendorf's office. The story is about to take a major twist. Dmitri recognized the Count, but there was another officer sitting on the couch. I don't think you know each other. This is Colonel Ivan Chernyshov. He has been with me for many, many years. I just received an order from the Tsar. He likes the reports he has been given about you and wants to promote you as an advisor and assistant to me. I I am very honored, Count Beckendorf. As you know, Dimitri, our secret department investigates, interrogates, and researches all and everyone to prevent rebellion against our Imperial Majesty. I did a thorough research on you as well. And you are a Jew, a Jewish Cantonist soldier. Uh, I already knew that, sir, but I don't care. I haven't practiced Judaism for 15 years. Why? If you don't care, then why did you not baptize and become Christian? According to your file, you never left your accursed Judaism. Most of the children in your group accepted Russian orthodoxy, especially after much torture and food deprivation. But you... Hey, hey, look, Count. I was maybe eight, not twelve, when I was taken away. Food deprivation? Yes. Many of my age died while being transported to the camps. My parents didn't care. No one cared. Torture? Yeah, when I was eight. So I cried to the priest. I don't want to be goy. I'm only eight. I'm starved and beaten. So I changed my mind. And I said, okay, no more torture. No more Shema and eating pork.
The priest smiled. The torture stopped. I never saw the priest again, and I was left alone. The Tsar is not happy with this. As you know, he is a fanatic, wanting everyone, even the Catholic Polish people, to absorb the Russian Orthodox Church. You are Jew in a record, not Christian. He wants you to be baptized first thing tomorrow morning. He wants you at the palace by 6 a.m. You will be escorted to the church by the Imperial Majesty Nicholas and Tsarina Alexandra. A great, a great honor. Wonderful. Suddenly, the colonel spoke up. Your real name is David. David? Okay. How do you know this? I was there the day you were taken. The city Jewish leaders hired these men. They called them choppers to capture children for us. Your mother, father cried and begged to give you back. They stumbled around the village hopelessly for money to save my David, my David. But you were poor and not from wealthy family, so... Dimitri was shocked and shaken. He thought, they did care about me. They loved me. They did, did care about me. He noticed the colonel holding onto papers. Dimitri speaks up. May I see the file? The colonel handed the file to Dimitri as he was looking through the papers. Keep calm, Dimitri. You know how to keep calm. You've done this all your life. Why are you telling me all this? To get me angry and to hate all of you? I don't want a Jew to be my assistant. Baptized Jews can't be officers. And if I hate all of you and reject the baptism? Then we deal with you as we do with all stubborn Jews. I'm assuming that the Tsar did not want me to know all the details of my abduction. Russian secret police know very well how to get into someone's head. Well, it doesn't bother me. I'll see you all gentlemen tomorrow morning. Count? Colonel? Dimitri left. He knew his words angered the old man. Okay, okay. That was bad choice of words. But better than beating them both up with my fists. That was very dangerous, but... Once I get the promotion, I will be very close to the Tsar. The Count hit me emotionally. It was a very hard hit. He wants me to back down. My parents did care. They begged everywhere for me. And if I say no to the baptism, which is what the Count is hoping I'll say, he and his colonel will be more than happy to abuse and torture me. Dimitri continued walking in the streets in his plain clothes as he overheard conversations of Jewish wagon drivers greasing the wheels of their wagons, talking. They raised our taxes again. The evil Tsar is using our money to make Jewish schools with Christian teachers to make our children Christian, God forbid. Rabbi Nishaloylam, this evil man has already captured so many of our kinderwach for his army. I heard they use our children for the front lines during battles, those cowards. A Jewish woman was running through the streets. Please, I need money. A chopper kidnapped my child, my little labish. She ran over to the wagon drivers. They gave whatever they could. 
they were all used to this horrific scene of crying Jewish children and their parents. Go to the Rav, maybe he has funds. Teary-eyed, she approached Dimitri. Please, I need money for my labish, anything. Dimitri put his hands in his pockets as if in a trance, vacantly stared at the mother. He gave the mother whatever was in his pockets. May Hashem bless you. Dimitri now thought back on the colonel's file that he read with his photographic memory. The mother collapsed while chasing after the wagon that transported her son to the next village. Dimitri suddenly called out after the woman, What's his full name? Labish Kranzner! Please stop it for him! And she disappeared into the crowd as she ran towards other Jews. It was a cold October morning. The Tsar and his wife, Alexandra, came down the famous extravagant staircase. Everyone greeted each other and were all excited to enter the royal carriage. Suddenly another carriage pulled up from behind. Oh, Count Beckendorf and some of his men will be following us. He insisted on coming to celebrate this wonderful occasion. Dimitri thought he won't be celebrating, that's for sure. The wagon was now over the Neva Bridge. Peter the Great forbid the building of all bridges to cross over the mighty Neva River, but I broke that rule by ordering the building of this magnificent bridge. Dimitri's heart was racing. He thought, Beckendorf is right behind us with his men. Dimitri looked at the Tsar, smiled with only contempt in his heart. Dimitri thought, this is the moment. Please, God, help me. It was Dimitri. He flung open the carriage door. My name is David, and I will remain a Jew to my death. Dimitri then leaped off the carriage, ran to the bridge railing. He then swiftly climbed it and then dived off the bridge into the river far below. The soldiers ran out. They responded very quickly. They scanned over both sides of the bridge. The Tsar stumbled out as the Tsarina stayed in the carriage, too stunned to move. Quick, follow the river current and check both sides. He's trying to escape. The colonel walked up to the count. You know as well as anyone that it would be a miracle to survive this jump. Tight, the fast current, the cold water. Give it up. He's dead. A dead man. The Tsar walked back into the carriage, sat down next to his wife, who was sobbing uncontrollably. He held out to her hands. He gave up a glorious life of the church, the fame and wealth. To die as a Jew? I, I, I don't understand. A few weeks later, the Count met with the Tsar and the Colonel for their weekly meeting. During the meeting, the Secretary suddenly walked in with an envelope from a field agent marked Top Secret and Urgent. What is this, Count? Open and read immediately. Maybe they found Dimitri's body. Well, uh, 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 I see the stamp is from one of my top agents. Let me uh, put on my spectacles and read it immediately. It reads, Your Imperial Majesty, uh, thank you, Count 
I can't read this. I, I need to adjust my spectacles. What is the meaning of this? Give me this letter. I shall read it myself. Thank you, Count, for letting me see my, my secret files about my capture and the horrific grief the Tsar caused my poor parents. You disobeyed my orders. The Tsar's deathly stare caused the Count to become very pale. Let me continue with this letter. Please tell the Colonel that he should also add to my file that I was trained by the army to become a champion diver and swimmer. Colonel, you fool. He was not a dead man, as you said on the bridge. Through my new connections, Leibisch Kranzer and his group are now with their parents, safe from your evil clutches. And to you, Imperial Majesty, check, mate, and you can keep your drink. Fight this man! Fight this man, Dimitri! This presentation depicted a historical fiction narrative inspired by the harrowing ordeal of Jewish Cantonist soldiers. It is a testament to the unwavering faith in Hashem of even the children of the Jewish people whose bravery and resilience has been passed down through generations at all costs. I'm Yisrael Chai. Thank you for listening to Jewish Audio Theater with your host, Heshi Rizel.